and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. Today I'm joined by Kate Longhurst, Jesse Parker Humphreys and Becky Taylor-Gill. Before we start talking about the weekend's football, we just wanted to take a moment to mention some very sad news over the weekend. I'm sure some of you may have seen Jilly's post on her Instagram about her dad suddenly passing away. Jilly isn't here today, but we're sending her all our love in this really difficult time. And she'll be back with us soon, but we know she'll need the support of the women's football community and everyone as well. So please send your love to Jilly. Women's football also lost a great journalist over the weekend. Grant Wall died on Friday out in Qatar while covering Argentina, Netherlands. Grant was an amazing journalist and someone who has supported and amplified women's football and women's football stories throughout the years. There are some wonderful tributes to Grant on social media and some links to his work as well. And I wanted to talk about a a particular favourite of his, which is an amazing audio documentary about the US football sensation Freddie Adu. It's called American Prodigy and it's a wonderful listen. And if you search Grant Wall's name on Twitter, you can find some stories about him and his work. I think the weekend has been a reminder for all of us that life can change very quickly. And if you admire someone's work or you love who they are as a person, make sure they know that and tell them as much as you can. Lots of us will be seeing family at this time of year and it can often be a time of reflection. And we wanted to make sure that we took some time to reflect on those two great losses over the weekend. On today's show, we'll be discussing the Manchester derby that Jesse and I went up north to watch, that big win for West Ham and some of the Christmas party shenanigans as well. And we'll be capping off the 2022 year with some WSL power rankings as they head into their Christmas break. Who's looking hot and who is looking a little bit cold? That's all coming up after this. Jesse, you and I went up to Manchester in the snow yeah, I mean, what a very, very long day. Although not yeah. as long, I think, as uh, for some other people. I think we got quite lucky with when we I came back. I think we got really lucky because we got back at about 8pm uh, into London and we left at 7am. So it was a long old day. But when I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, I saw, um, I think her name's Amy, an Arsenal fan who I follow on Twitter. And she got back home and I don't know where she lives I think it's in and around London she got back home at like eight o'clock in the morning she'd gone to Birmingham to watch Arsenal at Villa Park and she posted this video that popped up on my timeline of her car in standstill on the motorway covered it like the whole road's covered in snow and no one's going anywhere and I think that was at like 2 a.m because it had happened overnight and it said like posted five hours ago or something and uh, and she quoted, tweeted saying, still not home, if anyone's wondering, and then got home. So I hope everyone got home safely as well. We just about missed the worst of it. You had to drive back from mine to Lewisham, though, and you were driving about so five long. miles per yeah. hour. It took me about 90 minutes. It took me half an hour in the morning to get there and 90 minutes on the way on the way back. I was like going at like 10 miles an hour. Vans were like beeping. I was like, why, why do you think we're going to drive any faster? <laughs> it's like the whole road was ice. You're but... so tiny. I can't imagine you behind the... <laughs> Car. <laughs> it wasn't How a do you problem physically... with my driving How do you test. Physically drive. Um, but yeah, it was it was a long old day, but we made it. It wasn't actually snowing in Manchester. It was just it was quite really nice. damn cold. Um, and we were saying on the way up, we really hoped it was going to be a spicy derby because we were driving for about eight hours in total and got up really early, and we needed some good action to warm us up. Was it worth it? Would you say it was worth it? I think it was worth it. I, think I it really was enjoded the game. I think yeah, it was as worth it. As a Chelsea it. fan. I, <laughs> I think it was worth it. I was hoping for like one of the, the classic two-all ones, you know, but we we didn't quite get I that. We didn't get a, like a classic. It wasn't a classic but... classic. Um, we didn't get sending off. There was a little bit of spice, but um, 
it was really, I think it was an interesting game. I think it was a really interesting game. And I, it's been interesting reading different people's takes on the match and different like match reports and pieces because I certainly feel and like the way I read the game and the way I wrote it up was that I feel like you it's a really massive missed opportunity for United and isn't necessarily a, a sign to me of City necessarily being still able to match some of the top teams but I think it was more United missed the opportunity to really establish, establish themselves as the best team in Manchester, but also as, you know, someone that a team that's going to push Chelsea right to the edge. So that's how I kind of watched the game and I kind of interpreted the game because felt like United dominated for large portions of it, had some really good chances. They didn't stick away and then were undone by a silly defensive error. Jessie, I think that's pretty harsh. You just think because, that's harsh? Just because I think, I agree. I think it was a great opportunity for United to kind of really lay their cards on the table and say, yes, we are in the title race. Like, we are a lot better than City. And I think they showed, even though the result didn't reflect it, that I, th I think they are a better football team than Manchester City right now. But I think when you take a step back and you look at United kind of last year and and where they maybe fell down in, in missing out on Champions League football, to have come through this kind of first half, it's not technically half, but like first chunk of the season, to have taken four points from three matches against the top three, to have won everything else against all the other teams. And I think where United struggled last year was, wasn't so much the results against the top three, but they dropped silly points against smaller teams. I think broadly, you would kind of have to feel positive about Oh no, that. I don't think they should be disappointed. I think they're just, I think if you look at this bubble game, just look at the game in the contest, I think they're disappointed they wouldn't have won this game, yes. not necessarily where they are at this point in the this season. Was a, this was a match which they, you know, they especially towards the end, they, they could have won. And, you know, I think there were points where... They played really well, but I think also, you know, the way City kind of caught them out is maybe part of the reason um, why they're still not quite there. Because I think what United do really well at the moment is they play very, very quick passes to each other. And then it's these really quick pass moves and they all move up the pitch very, very quickly. And then suddenly they overload. And you saw that with the goal, right? They suddenly overload the opposition team. But um, with the City goal, the problem is, is if there's a quick turnover they're then very, very out of shape. And that's how you've kind of got this. And you know, City where, do like, that Laura well Williams as well. Just... City break well. Exactly. So I think they're still missing that, you know, is there a way that they can do the quick stuff, move up the pitch, but still hold that security and defence where it feels like that's where they get a bit ragged. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's definitely true. And credit to City as well for keeping themselves in the game because... There's probably points of this new city that we've seen in the last couple of years where they may have just crumbled, but they played positively throughout. They kept themselves in the game. And even though there were defensive weaknesses and there were defensive errors, they just about kept themselves in, in, in the game. And it also actually gave themselves chances to win it at the end. Bunny Shaw had two really good headers that she couldn't stick away, but on another day, she's absolutely smashing them into the bottom corner. And, you know, United did well to actually deal with her in many ways because she's hard to deal with. Um, but I think it was interesting coming into it. I certainly felt like, right, United are going to are gonna win this derby now. This is going to be the first WSL derby win. And for the first sort of 40 minutes, it looked like that might be the case. And City just 
grew in confidence. They and you could see that they maybe felt like that they could find a way in. Um, and Laura Coombs, who is having a spectacular season, she's doing really well. Me and Jesse have talked a lot about the Laura Coombs erasure that happens <laughs> in the WSL because she's not one of the bigger, you know, star names. I think people sometimes forget about her. Um, but she's having a really good season. It's her best year in terms of goal involvements but also just like doing the basics in a midfield that was completely you know stripped back and needs someone like her you know she's playing really well at a really important time for City as well Kate I know you know her well from having played with her at Liverpool what's it like like for her to having been at City for so long now as well do you think it's quite weird for her to not really be in any conversations around England and things like that yeah, I mean, potentially you look at her age now. I think she's 31. Um, so maybe that's why she gets overlooked. I think she's a very underrated player. I really enjoy playing with her um, at Liverpool. I've played with her at Chelsea. She can do a bit of everything. Um, I think now she's playing a little bit higher up. It shows that she can score goals as well. She can create. Um, but, yeah, she is one of those players, I think, because she just kind of goes quietly about her business. She doesn't do anything too like outrageous um, in a good way and a bad way that she just never is in the conversation. And I think there was a spell at Liverpool when Phil Neville was um, manager. But <laughs> I mean, her name was written. It, it made the paper like her name was written on his notes or something. Oh, really? I don't remember And that. so it was like a little bit of, oh, right. is she going to get called up? Mm. And I feel like she's deserved to have a call up. But I do think if she was maybe two or three years younger, I think maybe she would. And not that your age should go against you, because if you're playing well, you're playing well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the only thing that's going against her. Yeah, she hasn't featured since Mark Sampson was in charge. So that's back in 2015. So it's mm -hmm. been a while. And obviously, the England group now is immensely talented. Like, it's very hard to get into that squad. But she is someone who has always been quite consistent when she's been asked to play. She's had a couple of injuries over the last couple of seasons. She also loves, a, like, an absolute screamer. And that gets her kind of into the headlines. But... I don't know. I mean, I've been chatting to shout out flops, iconic Man City <laughs> Twitter fan, and they get annoyed at me because of um, the the fact I, you know, maybe don't give City and and Coombs enough credit. But I also think, as much as it's like the media talking up players and and bringing them into the conversation, like it's also about not just about what they're doing. I mean, Serena Vigman is not the kind of manager who listens to the media and what they think at Wait, all. Wait, you mean Serena Vigman isn't <laughs> waiting counter-breast <laughs> with bated breath to see our hot takes? But I think I think a lot of it is about personality within the, the dynamics of the club too. And obviously at Man City, there's always been some big personalities, right? Some big personalities, especially in that midfield, who probably would have not overshadowed, but they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to be on the club channels. They're the ones that people are going to be talking about after the games. They're going to be doing a lot of interviews. Like, I genuinely couldn't tell you what Laura Coombs' voice sounds like because I don't think I've ever seen her do a video interview or, like, anything. Sorry, did That's... you not watch the Studs lockdown content with Laura Coombs? You did, you did lockdown. Rude. Sorry. Rude. Wow. That's fine. Sorry, I clearly didn't. Go what back. Did... Scroll back. Okay, tell us about... Tell us about Come on, Becky, come closer. Please tell us. Tell us. Tell us about the Laura Coombs Studs lockdown content. Um, we, it's really stupid. <laughs> what did you do? Um, it was me and Fadumo, and we got her to. Um, it was like we played three lions, and in the three minutes that it was playing, they both had to run around their houses and find something. Oh, I do that remember began with, this. with every I, letter of the word football. Yeah. 
Who was the other person you did it with? Coombs and Fiduma. Oh, Fiduma was the other was, was the on other the call person as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember who won, but let's just say Laura Coombs won. Okay, well, she was great. I think this is the final piece we were missing for the Coombs England <laughs> call. Up. Yes. If to get this I'll back out there, have you got Serena the file? The video. <laughs> okay. And she'll see how talented she is. Okay, I think we need to do that because why scouting Laura Coombs running around? <laughs> her yeah, house? I think it, I think it is it is interesting how that dynamic plays out because yesterday. Gareth Taylor was asked about the England conversation, but I think probably the reality is that she may, like, it's unlikely she's going to be back in that conversation, but there's probably quite a few players who are in, having that dilemma as well. Um, Jesse, what was your kind of Man City take? And we talked about United, but we we both spoke about how we weren't really sure how to assess them going into this game because they obviously lost those first two games of the season but then went on an unbelievable winning streak but hadn't really played a, a bigger team or a title team yet until uh, yesterday. So interested to see where you think they now measure up having not really been able to get a judgment yet. Yeah, I think it was an interesting game in terms of kind of assessing where... Man City had got to and I think kind of it it did show that the areas where maybe you were like this doesn't really make sense kind of did play out you know I think Yui Hasegawa has had a good season so far playing in that deeper role in midfield for for City but I always felt at West Ham she was so much more effective when she was further forward when she was in a 10 role and I think we saw in this game that she doesn't necessarily have and you wouldn't expect her to really have the kind of defensive mindset that maybe you really need to play those really, really top games as the deepest midfielder. And there were points where City did get overrun, um, I think, as a result of that. Equally, I think Dana Castellanos is someone who's obviously adjusting to the league. But for me, I really don't feel like... I wrote about this last week, but I kind of feel like Laura Coombs has taken on the Georgia Stanway role and Castellanos is meant to be the Caroline Weir kind of creative. And I just don't think Castellanos has that level of vision and passing acumen that a Weir has. And I'm kind of surprised we've not seen more of someone like a Philippa Angledal. I know she's not always looked her best in a City shirt, but there are other options on City's bench. Equally, Mary Fowler is someone who I think is ridiculously talented, has looked really good as an eight for Australia. So I'm kind of surprised we've seen this midfield settle so quickly, but I also understand that, you know, for Gareth Taylor, you probably want those to build those relationships as quickly as possible. I think generally, you know, City, we know they've got a ridiculous front three. You know, Hemp, Bunny and Kelly is always going to be, like, scary for mm. any team that comes up against them. But at that highest level, I feel like we don't have the connection still between the midfield and attack and I felt like yesterday you saw that that City just really struggled to progress the ball to get it up to you know Hemp was standing in absolutely acres of space for you know like screaming for the ball and like no one was there and I think it's been a big loss as well you know City used to really like those balls long balls from Lucy Bronze straight out to Hemp and then Hemp like those big switches of play would just be able to run uh, at the opposition defence and I think they're really missing that in terms of being able to get the ball out to her. Bunny Shaw is uh, still top goal scorer. She's uh, got eight goals. So is Rachel Daly, but uh, Bunny Shaw's got two assists. Kate, she is, uh, you know, one of the inform players at the moment. What is it like to try and defend against someone like her? Because she is just an absolute menace. We haven't actually played Man City this season, but I remember the first time I played against her, she came on a sub, and I just thought. This girl is huge. Yeah, you know, big, like, right? just stacked. Yeah. Like, and solid. Yeah. You try and bump her off the ball, you fall backwards. Like, <laughs> she's solid. But, 
what a season she's having. Yeah. She looks so dangerous. She makes really good runs. Um, she's good in the air. She's good with her feet. Like, I think she's like an all-round, typical, maybe old-school centre-forward. And once they've... You, you, you could miss someone like Ellen White. I know Ellen White is like... She's retired now, obviously, but... She and was, she such was kind a of old head. school as well, actually. Exactly. Like so kind she's of kind of just taken her place quite naturally, I think. Um, but like you said, I, I think they're missing like a Kazweer type player to get her even more goals. Mm. You know, she can find those sorts of passes. Whereas at the moment, I don't really know in the bigger games who's going to give her as many opportunities. Um, but yeah, she's an absolute tank. Like you can't, you can't move her. Mm. And United did really well actually yesterday to sort of nullify Heb and Kelly to an extent. Kelly did get an opportunity to get like, get a couple of dangerous balls into the box. That the honour badge, yeah, Lauren Hemp. Like whenever those two come up against each other, up. it's just one of the like absolute best things to watch because they're bo- both obviously so talented and. I feel like they both bring out like the best and worst in each other and you can tell they like really, really enjoy <laughs> playing against way, each you know, other. Yeah, yeah they like it's the game like watching those two is like what I look forward to the most in these games. Um Flops sent a couple of questions in, but we'll focus on the city question and maybe talk about some of the others when we get into the power rankings. But um they've said, you know, you City usually much stronger in the second half of the season. We certainly saw that last season where they just barreled their way into that third Champions League spot. Um, but do we think they still have what it takes to finish in the top three? And they add, that doesn't necessarily mean United don't, but is it that City are better than either Arsenal, Chelsea or United in getting to that third spot? I mean, they've got to play Arsenal twice still, right? Because that that was the original game that got cancelled. And I think those games will be really interesting. And I think I'd back City to beat almost everyone kind of outside of those three teams still. But I'm not... I didn't see enough yesterday that convinced me they were going to take the points they needed off the four games against Arsenal, Chelsea and United. And that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. And also potentially not drop other stuff elsewhere, which, I mean, anyone is anyone is able to do that in the WSL, but you've got to ha- almost have a perfect record against everyone else and then nick something off someone else. Gareth Taylor yesterday was still talking about potentially winning the title but I think because they lost oh, those babe. first two games I just don't forget think, it I just don't think <laughs> that's gonna happen um gonna try and do a segue here there was a bit of a penalty shout at the end it was impossible from where I was sitting in the press box to see I've looked at clips as well uh, on the coverage the initial camera angle wasn't great but I've seen another replay where Alex Greenwood's kind of falling towards Ellie Roebuck and there's a a long ball, not a long ball, but like a through ball play into the box. Greenwood's falling over with Lucia Garcia next to her and kind of falls and handles it towards Ellie Roebuck. Big conversation about whether or not that's a penalty. A lot of people saying, you know, she was naturally falling to the floor and the ball hits her hand rather than her moving her ball out, to her moving her <laughs> arm out <laughs> to the ball. That'd be um, impressive. <laughs> so it's, I think it's hard, but... It you know it it does open up the conversation once again. I also think the referee is is not going to be able to see that because she's both like players, it, but also I don't backs. think it's a penalty, so I think it's fine. Both both players have got their backs to the referee covering the ball, so that's impossible. But what I want to talk about was the general conversation around officiating, not necessarily that being the main. I think that's a harsh it, segue but... for that. Okay, but <laughs> harsh that segue. Man Sorry, harsh harsh segue, but. <laughs> There was also uh, a, a, a much bigger mistake in the Chelsea game 
uh, where I think it was quite clear actually we just you were watching it in the car and I asked you about how fine line that the offside was and I, I will say I was watching on my phone whilst we were driving down the motorway <laughs> yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we you were like oh, I'm not really sure like it was a well-timed run don't know but then watching back the clips I'm, ne- I'm not this is not saying that you <laughs> I'm not trying to bad take from you I'm not, I'm not being shady no 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 <laughs> it was on a tiny screen and we were like going down the M1 also enjoying some Mackie D's so you know like we were we were busy we were we were busy, busy. <laughs> chicken nuggets chicken offside <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's more important yeah. but obviously I watched some of the highlights back and then when you see the replay was actually a pretty bad offside call with Canarid being probably like I don't know a meter. Offside. Well, you can hear you can hear one um, of the um, Reading coaches being like, "She's yards Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. He was um, furious. And, and he probably had the right to be. Uh, obviously, Chelsea end up winning the game three-two, so kind of like clinging on a little bit at the end. Uh, Kelly Chambers, understandably frustrated because she's had a couple of offside calls now in her game. I remember that one against United on the first day of last season, which was like really offside. Um, and Emma Hayes was saying afterwards, you know, she is a massive advocate for getting VAR into the WSL. And there's still conversations about this VAR light, which I think was going to come in next season if it does. But Kelly James is saying, you know, like the officiating keeps costing us and it's not good enough. Interested to hear your guys' takes on this, because I personally feel like there is a bit of a dearth in officiating across the entire football league right now. And watching a lot of EFL, I see that. I know Premier League fans feel that too, but you know they've obviously got VAR and they've got a lot, a lot more technology, which helps. I don't think we've even seen the best refereeing stand in the World Cup either. I think officiating at the moment right now across all of football isn't great, but it does feel like obviously in the women's game and in the WSL, it's going to be like the worst of quite a bad already standard. Um, and there's not a lot of qualified referees, not a great pool to choose from. They're not, you know, a lot of them aren't full time. They're starting to bring in a bit more training and education. But it does feel like we kind of go around in circles with these conversations. And for a team like Reading, who might be, you know, really in that relegation conversation, if they could have got a point against Chelsea. And like Kelly Chambers admitted herself that there's a lot of what ifs around. She's like, she said herself, I'm not saying that we would have drawn the game to all, but we obviously start on the back foot early and we can see the goal and it, it, it you know, sets the tone for the game. But it must be frustrating, I think, for a lot of managers to feel like the quality's not improving. It's just getting worse or staying at quite a poor standard. I still don't really understand why the FA haven't just invested in full-time referees. For me, that just feels like the obvious yeah, first like what's step. The, like, the VAR, VAR conversations, VAR are like, like... You've got to have the base level You've got to have first. the base first and let's see where that gets us. And I'm like, I find it, you know, hard to feel too harsh on referees where I'm like yeah like they're probably not getting the you know time and space to have their own kind of professional development and unfortunately for some reason because this hasn't happened the expectations around the WSL have just vastly outstripped how far refereeing has come and like listen Flo as you said like We all watched England-France. There are a lot of annoying decisions (laughs) in that game. And that's like the highest level you could possibly get to. With all the technology. So you're always going to have, you know, referees are individuals. If someone's going to try and make themselves the main character of a game, that's what they're going to do, unfortunately. And then that's a broader conversation for, you know, who gets picked, who reaches that point. But um, it just feels like there's a really obvious thing to start with. 
and I don't get why that hasn't happened yet. I I know there's the the development plan is there. I don't necess- I think when Bibiana Steinhaus, who is at the PGMOL, that acronym is always impossible <laughs> to say, but she's there. She's looking at all of this, and I think her take has always been a kind of like. We need to walk before we can run. And I think they're a little bit nervous about throwing... The linesmen are walking. That's why they don't <laughs> see the offsides. I think they're nervous about throwing referees in at the deep end before they're ready for what it is to be a full-time referee. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you need to make the move and actually help people get up to the right standard and the right level. And I think it's hard when you've got a professional league with professional players, but the officiating doesn't match that. I know, Kate, we've had conversations with you and Jilly off mine about some, about I some, love refereeing about, um, about some of the officiating issues in the WSL and uh, like you know we don't want to get anyone in trouble and it's a, it's a hard job because I can't think especially in the men's game I can't think of any other line of work where you would spend 90 minutes getting absolutely bombarded with swear words and whatever like it's not for the faint hearted but as a player how have you found it over the last couple of seasons? Have you obviously like so much in the game has improved, sports science, nutrition, especially since you started playing media coverage, TV coverage, whatever it may be. But have do you feel like the officiating has got better in your time playing? I think it's case by case um, basis because I think we've actually had the referee we had yesterday actually really thought he had a good game and I actually said to him at the end of the game I said I thought you were and the best referee that we've well had and that's important as well to actually like give people credit for when it's a good game because all we talk about that's is shit that's just great decision pal great decision no, on a, on a, that shortly, on a serious yeah. note like there was a couple of things where I thought I could have got a foul and he didn't give it but just even the way he then communicates or you know just who was the ref by the way should we shout him out I don't know out? his name oh. it's Let the me, first I'll time I've him. ever had I'll him find him um, but you know, and I'm not saying that the other team would think, oh, yeah, but I just felt like the way he conducted himself, the way he spoke to players, he let some things go that's like a 50-50 that a lot of time gets blown up and you're just like, you're let just the stopping the game. On, right? And um, it's hard. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not going to say I'm an angel when it comes to referees because in the heat of the game, <laughs> sometimes you say things and, you know, because you, you want to win, you think that you know that you're right, but... It is a hard job. No one wants to do that job and you're under a lot of pressure and I understand that they're going to miss things because that's natural. Because even sometimes when I'm playing, I think something's a foul. I watch it back and I'm like, oh, it wasn't. <laughs> like even on telly and you get to see three replays and you're like, oh, I'm not even sure. So I understand that. But like you say, full-time, yes, but I still don't understand if we make them full-time, how is it actually going to improve some of the obvious mistakes that they're making and... Like I said, I'm not here to berate referees because it is a hard job. But some of the things that just get missed, sometimes I'm like, how can you possibly miss it? I also think there's a there's a cultural thing too. Richie Watkins was the referee at your game. Right. So yeah, shout he, out was he was good. He was good. I think, I think it's Richie. a cultural thing too across the whole of the women's game. Like the fact in the women's game, you basically have to break someone's leg to get sent off <laughs> mm. or literally punch them in the face. Like, it's really, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's across the, that, that's, that's, that's across the whole, that's across the whole of the game. It wasn't a punch. Game. Sorry, it wasn't a punch. <laughs> that's across the whole of the game, acro- across the world. It's not even just a WSL game. You watch the NWSL, you watch Champions League, it's the same thing. And that takes more than just making referees full time that's about saying no like you've got to protect the players that's what I mean that's what I'm saying it's a cultural thing like wider than football yeah yeah it's not it's about saying like you need to start dishing out yellow cards earlier and I don't 
I mean, maybe it's literally just about making referees sit down and watch the game. And well, I think that's what, what the full time, like if they were full time, like maybe there'd be more opportunity to do is that kind of like review and analysis because that's what like Premier League referees yeah, yeah. have to do, right? They have to sit down and yeah, go through do, their game. What do and Premier look League at... referees do in the day? That, literally that they do like <laughs> on a day in the they life. come together and like review all the all in the, the same way the that if you're playing, stuff. you go and watch clips of yeah, your game yeah. and like be like, this is what you did well yeah. and this is what you didn't do well. So. And maybe it's about, you know, yeah, PGMOL being like, these are the standards and this is something that we expect to be a yellow card. This is something we expect to be a red card. This is something we expect to be a penalty, you know, and maybe that's what yeah, changes and from I, that culture. And stuff. I wonder if it's about <laughs> putting a men's game yellow card challenge and a women's game on and being like, right, guys, this is not one and the same at the moment. Like, you really need to work that out. The thing about in the WSL is like there's so there's so much fewer games and like these decisions yeah, can you're not really the experience. no but I mean like these decisions can really just like decide a league and decide who gets relegated so it's like it's, it's like it's more important yeah 100%. it comes down to like such fine margins in I'm the men's still game thinking about the Leah w- Williamson handball and Beth Mead offside <laughs> even though we won the league <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the point let that, it go Jesse that's the point that Kelly Chambers was certainly making and I think she was she was obviously frustrated about that and it'll be interesting to see if this WSL VAR light thing does come in um, because it won't be like what we've seen in the World Cup with um, automated offsides which I think it's worked quite well actually the offside issues haven't been haven't been uh, an issue in 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 the World Cup, but it seems like in the WSL, offside is a real all you need is one camera. You can see that that's offside yesterday. Yeah, not if you're eating McDonald's in the car. You can't (laughs) (laughs) in the car. We've got to talk about West Ham's big results uh, yesterday against Spurs, winning two 0 but we also got to talk about the Christmas party because it was just, uh, the West Ham <laughs> I don't Christmas care about party. the football. I want to hear about yeah. the Christmas party. <laughs> More importantly, the, the Christmas party, which by all accounts, I think everyone came off pretty unscathed. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how many game of them are up right now. I'm probably the first yeah, one Kate up. Kate was here at 10 a.m. So lazy West Ham players, <laughs> get up, wake up. Get up. What time what did you get home? Doing? Three. Nice. You did pretty well. impressive. Yeah, and I was awake at like six-ish. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably crash out later. But yeah, no, you seem remarkably perky. Very non-eventful, but really good night. That's what you and want. And that's what you what want. You, you want good vibes. Uh, we went flight club in Victoria. Um, A classic women's football stomping ground. Yeah, I, I know. Were yeah. Villa also at a flight club last night? I don't know. They, they were at their Christmas their... party. Yeah, everyone lost. I don't know. Club. They probably would have tried to throw darts at us. Yeah, we went there and then Libertines after. Um, which was standard. No drama. No drama, but we did have a snowball fight in the middle of the night because there was obviously a lot of snow, which was quite nice. But Were you guys the last one standing or were there people there later than you? No, there were people there later than us, but um, I felt good. I was, yeah. I think when you win as well, it's just the whole vibe. It wouldn't have been as good a move. Yeah, Yeah, we probably would have still had a good night but it's just not the same yeah. and you just feel a bit guilty for going out and yeah you know we've got two days off now so did you win last year when you had your christmas party oh i'm trying to think of how the vibes were compared to think if you we went won. for a christmas party last year. i don't even know if we had a christmas party last year was covid still oh uh, yeah because yeah. oh, everyone yeah. was going back to their families and stuff yeah. it was all a bit chaotic yeah, yeah i thought sense. it might have been your results hadn't been so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, you know when they do that really seriously yeah. like, we won't be having a christmas party yeah. this year 
But um, and you've got Secret yeah. Santa on Wednesday. Yes. And we were talking about Secret Santa out there, but I didn't ask you what is the worst Secret Santa gift you've had from a teammate over oh. the years. Name and shame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've really had bad ones. Last year I got a stress ball that was like a boob. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't even taken it out of the box. Well, it's still at your house. You haven't even. Yeah, it's just in the box. So if anyone wants one, <laughs> I'm interested. Hit me up. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've really got bad, it for you. Bad one. Uh, Z. Oh. Oh, she's left now. Yeah, she's not oh, that's there. why. <laughs> yeah. Kate had the, a word. The, the secret Santa wasn't up to, up to standard, so she's out. <laughs> and you saying as well, you got um, you made Dagny cry with your secret Santa last I did, year. I did. I'm just such a nice person. Uh, no, I made her a photo book um, with like when she had an absolutely horrific haircut <laughs> and just kind of like football pictures and made like a little rhyming poem underneath. Oh, so cute. St- her really story nice. of her time at West Ham. That's Did you make Dagny Santa. cry yesterday when she missed the penalty? <laughs> <laughs> I think she made herself cry. She was absolutely gutted. I was like, it's fine. Don't worry. I was thinking. Yeah. Were you fuming you about it? No. I mean, you've got like, oh, we've been through this. I'm terrible at penalties. Yeah, so I'm not one to judge. Um, but also it was like it was half time. Mm. I thought it's it's nil nil, like we can and she scored five minutes into the second yeah. half. So Yeah, and it was an absolute screamer. Forgiven. Yeah. Uh, can I just ask I'll redact it, but who have you got for Secret Santa? But the Prezi's cute. Kate's got a cute Prezi. Yeah, I've got a <laughs> Okay, not that one. <laughs> Where do you even find that? Uh, that sounds eBay. like I'm asking for myself. eBay four ninety nine. <laughs> Kate, Kate had to bid on eBay for that. That's how much she wanted it. No, Kate got her a cute decoration as well. With her yeah, I've got her a Christmas tree bauble thing. Um, that win takes West Ham up to fifth. Huge. And also have to shout out an absolute screamer from Howard Sissoko, who I know is a good friend of yours. She must have ran about 60 yards. I'm not joking. Every single player on the pitch was just laughing. Really? Like, we didn't know what to do with this situation. Were you also like, pass it, pass it? Or did you say, just go all the way? I thought, take a touch, but she took the biggest touch in history. (laughs) And I was kind of expecting the keeper to come out and... But then she didn't, and I'm thinking, she's going to get there, because obviously Howard's quick. Yeah. And then when she went for the little dick, like, honestly, we were all just laughing, and it wasn't funny, because I think it was Molly Bartrip ended up injured in the back of the net, trying to st- stop it going in. So you like it's not funny, we got a little smirk. No, face. because I'm just thinking, like, we literally had three minutes, yeah. like, where she's sitting in the net, so the game didn't go on, and I'm just looking at everyone, and everyone is just... Like cracking up, you can and I was trying it. to be like, right, girls, come on, like we need to switch on now. Yeah. And then every time I just think about it, I'm just like <laughs> laughing. Like, how is the only person that could do that? Like the dink. Where has yes. this come from? She truly went WSL. Did she you miss just, me? Like, <laughs> honestly, we were just like, if I could pick anyone to score, and she's threatened it a couple of times with like long runs. Yeah, and then like we played Man City, and she went. She played like a one-two. And then the ball came in the box and she nearly scored an overhead kick, but it like hit off her shin and just went oh. wide. And like that was the funniest thing I've seen on the pitch. So then <laughs> this was just like, it just topped it. Do you guys have any kind of like goal bonuses or anything like that? Because as a defender, it must be like happy days if you get a goal. I definitely don't, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> I don't score. Um, 
I mean, the strikers will. Howard yeah. definitely won't have that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Just doing oh, it for the love of the game. Yeah. Just, yeah. And what was that? Obviously, going into your Christmas party, it must be like extra, extra good vibes. What was it like at full time being able to kind of like finish the WSL season with a massive win, with an iconic House Sissoko goal? It was just like, you know, what, what, what you can dream of. Yeah, it was huge because we were so bad against Liverpool. Um I think that's yeah, the and first And we didn't time. have you on, actually. I yes. know, and I listened to the pod <laughs> and you gave me a lot of grief, so I was kind of glad I wasn't here. Um, no, we definitely deserved to lose that. We were absolutely awful. So I think that wasn't like a representation of what we've been about this season and that's probably the first time where we've been like, we were so bad, you know? And um, yeah, so we needed to correct that and if you're going to do it against anyone, Tottenham's the team to do it against. So it was really important because... If Tottenham had won that as well, they'd be level on points with us with two games in hand. So now we're six points above them and they've got two games in hand. So I'd rather have the points in the bag than the games in hand. Um, I've never said games in hand so many times <laughs> in my life. Uh, so, yeah, it was huge because I think it just puts us nicely going into the second half of the season. Yeah, so you have a nice little Christmas. You've won. Exactly. So Yeah, yeah. and just, just that one Conti Cup game on Saturday against Brighton and then you're done. That's yeah. it until Massive game, 15th so. of Jan. When do you guys come back for holidays? Like, how long do you get off? I don't actually know Christmas. when we're back in. I'll yeah. be honest, I don't know. I guess when I just turn up. <laughs> I'll turn up when I turn up. <laughs> we'll have stuff to do. I think, and I think they've been quite generous with the time. Maybe like the fourth. I don't, I really wow. don't know. I need to check my big Christmas ahead schedule. for the West Ham yeah. team. Um, and that leads us perfectly into our. WSL Power Rankings. To cap off 2022, we're going to talk about who we think is at the top and bottom heading into 2023. Um, and we're going to kind of come up with it collectively rather than doing a, a full 12 each because we'll be here till Christmas. We don't literally. We don't have time for that. Well, I'm I'm going to stick my neck out. Um, I'm going to start one. Or do you, do you guys think we want to start at 12? Start, go, start bottom. Start, start bo- go, go bottom to top. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, I personally think the the power rankings at the bottom followed the the, the league table quite nicely. Where you put? I <laughs> Are put, we just reading the league table no, out but, from bottom to no, top? No, because I, I think we, as you get higher up, I think it kind of flips a little bit. But I would certainly put Leicester at rock bottom, mm. and I don't think anyone could probably argue with mm. that. Yeah. I was um, going to say Brighton aren't having well, a very Bright- nice time. Well, Brighton are above them in the table, <laughs> so then I'd put them at 11th. At least Brighton score goals. That's like the only reason. And you can I'd also be... see them getting out of where they are. Like I can see they're, they're on the same amount of points as Reading and I can see them easily leapfrogging Reading. And that would, set, would put Reading at 10 for me because I think they are... They are... I think they will finish below Brighton, um, but I think... Brighton right now in this spot are are in a worse point but I think once they've got themselves sorted I can see them getting out of it. Can I say I feel like if we're doing this on current form I would put Spurs below like a Reading right would now. You, oh true yeah Reading have been good form okay I'm I'm open to that I'm open to that. Yeah. I know the two goals they got yesterday was kind of just like three minutes of madness yeah but obviously they, they beat got, Spurs they beat the Spurs before. through just still my favourite goal of the season um, and yeah, I feel like they've looked a lot more up for it than Spurs, who at the moment just seem to like roll over for, for anyone, even West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm open to that. So we'll go Leicester, Brighton, Spurs, Reading. 
Then next in the table, we've got Liverpool and Everton. But I think I'd push Liverpool a little bit higher. So I'm going to go above Spurs, Everton, and then Liverpool above Everton in that in that power mm-hmm. ranking. I'm okay with that. You're okay with yeah. that? Liverpool fan Becky yeah. says yes. So we've got Leicester, Brighton, Spurs, Reading, Everton, Liverpool. Now we're hitting Villa and West Ham. I'd put Villa and then West Ham. Ooh. I'd put West Ham above Villa. It depends I think if Villa really... are playing Hanhampton or Annalise in goal <laughs> right now. I think Villa have really dropped off the last couple of weeks. Wait, which way? Who's... Who's better? Hannah Hampton in goal is chaos for them. Okay. Leap, okay. leap over. I played leap. Over I just Hampton. think this Arsenal game that I know we've not bad. really touched on, but and you know, she Villa and were she really made, in the game, and she makes three mistakes for the first. She three made of some mistakes at, at Old Trafford. I as well. think this is going to be the take that gets um, Jesse in shit on Twitter this week. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh, well you know whatever. <laughs> how, how, how is Steena Blackstinius doing at the moment? <laughs> Um, I yeah, so I I think West Ham trump Villa just, in these power sorry. rankings. But if I me mean, no, if you want to, feel please. bad. I feel bad. No, well, no, I, I guess feel bad. I, I guess you go for what you <laughs> tell like it is. And I might you not outside. come back. <laughs> honestly, it's the best policy, for the pod huh? to finish. Honestly, it's the best um, policy. No, you're right because Villa have had two kind of crap games the last two, um, but then also they're playing United and then Arsenal, they and they've had extras. they've had such a fun season that I just. I, maybe it's just because I really like them. No, I like okay. Villa a lot. I think they're they're. A really, I really I love West Ham though. So <laughs> West Ham are a team I find impossible to figure out. So I could put <laughs> so them anywhere. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that that one's a very tight one. Shall we say? Yeah. Okay. That that middle bit is is anyone's guess at the moment. But Villa have been playing well. They've had a good season. Uh, but they just can still be really leaky. And I feel like with Villa, it's like when it rains, it absolutely shits it down. It's just like... Is that a phrase? <laughs> no, but I've, I've emphasised worse than it pours. Like they just, yeah, when they fall apart, they fall apart in style. Um, then we're going to be reaching the top four, which as it looks in the table is Man City in fourth, Man United in third, Arsenal in second and Chelsea in top. But my top four if I'm going backwards to top, I would say City, Arsenal, Chelsea, United would be my four power rankings. So I think United are heading into the break. <laughs> Jesse's fuming. Look at that face. United are heading into the into the, uh, the break for me as the best team in the WSL. I think on performances and results in many ways, they've played one less game than Chelsea, as have... Uh, Arsenal and City I still I think Arsenal don't look that great but I think Chelsea and United look better than them and I think City are still the weakest of the top four open to the I would I would also go City four Arsenal three um I I'm still not particularly convinced by Arsenal right now um but I do think there are things that are coming together obviously for them with Rafael Elia Williamson back Viv Miedema looks good again but you know this Villa game again I just thought Hannah Hampton gifted them so much. They went 1-0 up and it was like, wow. Oh, shout out to Kirsty Hampton. Yeah, what yeah. a finish. Um, yeah, equally City, I think, are fine against teams lower down the table. Don't look very good against teams above them. The Chelsea United one is difficult. I can see arguments either way. I think Chelsea would maybe look better if they hadn't conceded two goals to Reading. 
um, because they were 3-0 up at half time and I'm like, oh, it was kind of looking like they were going to breeze through to a similar result to the Leicester game. Um, but United have had some really tough fixtures and they've kind of come through them, you know, to play Arsenal, Villa and City as your last three games of kind of this year um, and to absolutely smash Villa, get the win away at Arsenal and get a point away at City is a is a pretty good set of results. So, yeah, I, I could put that either way. I would still probably back Chelsea over the course of the season too. But I'm talking about right now. No. Right now. But that's why I'm saying like I could I can see it either way. Yeah. They Thank are you. out of the Conti Cup though, so mm. we know that's the real tournament that matters. <laughs> that's true. Conti Cup power rankings next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um agree. Oh, easy. Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts on that top four at the moment? I mean I it's so think, tight, but Yeah. I really hope it's like a dramatic last day where three teams can win it like when I was at Liverpool we were third on the day of the oh, last day of season so and I yeah, woke up and I thought we're amazing. not even going to get Champions League and then all of a sudden you're winning and then the other team it's that needs to win is drawing and it would like that was crazy yeah. that was that was that was probably one of the best last days I think there's ever yeah. been as in terms of like it was dramatic yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good way to win it and um, it's, it's funny as well to like, what was it like going into the game and thinking there's no chance we're going to win it? I literally woke up that morning and I was just like, yeah, it's the last ga- game of the season, but you just expect at the time yeah. Chelsea to beat Man City and I think Birmingham had not Nottingham, Notts County. Or, yeah, something so. like that. Or Bristol or something. something oh, no, like did you guys that. play No, we had Bristol. Yeah. So I just kind of thought, well, if we get second in Champions League, great. But I didn't actually think we'd win the league. So I was very chilled that day. Maybe that's maybe um, that's why. You, yeah. like, it takes yeah. the pressure, pressure off. Is off. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think Chelsea kind of just crumbled that day yeah. because yeah. it was like the opposite, yeah. opposite thing. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. The second half of the season after the Christmas break, WSL is back on the 14th of Jan. Quite a long break, um, but there's Conti Cup and Champions League. So recap our slightly <laughs> confusing power <laughs> rankings, but from bottom, Leicester, Brighton. Well, you can go the other way now. Oh, I'll go the other way. Okay, <laughs> so I think... Maybe Chelsea were people were leaning towards Chelsea I don't being think they were, but fine. Okay, I'm going Chelsea, Man United. Yeah, I think I think maybe more of the test. So let's we'll say Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, City, West Ham and Villa too close to call neck and neck. Liverpool, Everton, Reading, Spurs, Brighton, and Leicester. I don't think many of us see a way out for them. Be interesting. I mean, who knows? They could pull off no. the remarkable. No, I don't think they will. We will click quickly run through some questions, some listener questions, um, as we're probably already running over time. Um, we are. But, <laughs> but that's okay. Emily Oram, iconic Emily Oram, she's asked, We love you. Who are the biggest Huns in the this WSL? This is the greatest question. And we think Alicia Lehman does win it. Has anyone, has quite... anyone bought Alicia Lehman's calendar? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not no. Yet. But... They're worried about Christmas we delivery do... at this point. <laughs> Guys, should we do a, a counter pressed um, secret Santa before next oh. week? In Alicia Lehman's style. Oh my God. Secret Santa, whoever gets me, you know what to get. Uh, maybe we could do my bisexual queen <laughs> yeah i think i think she i think she does win it but we were saying before we we came to record that united have got there some has been gritty, deep speculation about this pre-pod they've got some big hun talents in there they Katie win Zellum. hun team of the year yes. yeah they, they win hun team. Home the individual collective goal. hunship yeah. is pretty strong there but i think it's got to be uh alicia layman and then craig 
message about Conti Cup. We have kind of covered about what would we like to do to change it, and no one really had an idea. But Craig asked us about uh, Champions League teams that get a free pass to the Conti Cup quarterfinals and how that impacts other teams in the competition. Do we think that's fair, or do we think there should be an alternative of bringing them in and they don't just get a free pass to the quarterfinals? Because it's only two teams. Like, is it that deep? Well, I I do sympathise in a way because I think we talked about how the Conti Cup is a little bit of a, a weird competition, but the fact that big teams do fall in the group stage shows that it wouldn't they shouldn't necessarily they don't necessarily deserve a free pass. But I also get that, like, how are they going to fix it fit fit it in their scheduling, especially with like travel and stuff to away games? It's just not going to happen. So I don't know how. Would you do like a playoff? Well, you'd have like one game that they could play where you'd have a like one of the oh, third like one place. of the lucky losers. Yeah, one of the lucky Chelsea losers or... would play Chelsea, and it would be like a eleven best shootout. players from each three teams in that group that they could have been in. Oh, like an all star, all star, yeah. all star, Conti Cup eleven. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Okay, I'm into that. But then, idea. what happens if the all star team win? Who gets to go? Well, through? because you carry on going, <laughs> they carry on. Yeah. Oh wow. Their other team loses like them, team. and they, they just come with like a team name, and then wow. Okay, I quite like that. Let's see. Well, maybe we'll go to the FA and see if they like it. Um, right, slightly, slightly chaotic end to proceedings, but oh uh, yeah, thank you. Oh my for... god, you didn't even ask my question. Uh, what was your question? If you could be one of the WSL team mascots for oh, the day, I hate you be? mascots. I find them so creepy because it's like, that's a grown adult acting like a weird bear. Or like a child. Sometimes they act like Yeah, children. exactly. It's okay, horrible. What about them. the flirty lions at Chelsea? <laughs> there, no, I would want to be the weird unhinged seagull at Brighton. That's oh, terrifying. Oh, yes. What's it called? Do you know what it's called? No, I don't. That, that seagull is terrifying. I would like to be What's that West one. What's West Ham's mascot? I actually was Eddie the Eagle for Colchester United (gasps) once and I had to go into a school that it stunk (laughs) but I had to go into a school and I got changed in the toilet but a little girl came in like as I was putting my head on not yeah 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 Um, but I was putting the head on and she just looked at me like What is going she on? She has nightmares. So about I kind of thought, well, this and that child was me, and that's why I hate them. Couldn't fit my backside oh my in. <laughs> uh, that is it for today's episode of Counter Press. Uh, Kate, hope you get some sleep after the late Thank night you. Christmas party. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will see you all next week. Bit of Conti Cup action, bit of Champions League action, and then it's the Christmas break. We're going to be back next week with. Hopefully a little fun Christmas special that Becky's going to try and put together a little quiz. Um, <laughs> really not, not uh, don't have that much confidence in me, it seems. We might have a fun <laughs> thing. We'll see how she does. <laughs> no, we will have a fun, we will have a fun it thing. It will be we'll fun. Look, yeah, it'll be great. Um, and uh, then we're going to have a bit of a Christmas break, but we'll probably be bringing some little maybe one-off specials in between in that time. So more to come there. But thanks for listening and we'll see you all soon.